We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Action Fanatics, welcome to another edition of the Bulletproof Podcast. I am your host, Chris the Brain, and I am thankful to have with me, as always, Chad Cruz. Chad, here we go again. We do indeed. It's nice to hear you say that, Brain, because I feel like there are times when uh, I'm j- I just feel unappreciated around here. Maybe you know, it's because I, I do the least amount of work. I don't know it, if that's, is that the case? You think? Uh, you know, it, those two things may have something yeah. to do with each other, but uh, you know, it's Thanksgiving tomorrow. This will drop uh, on Thanksgiving Eve. And uh, you know, so I'm feeling it, it, that gratitude in my heart. Well, that's wonderful. And I look it, forward to eating my weight in random salted meats. Yes. I, I am also, uh, you know, it's a great holiday for me. I just have to show up basically and eat. That's nice. Yeah, That's a good. Have to buy anybody anything? You don't have to do anything. Just show up and eat. Okay, yeah, that's great. It is a great day, and we have certainly, you know, we also want to thank everybody who's been listening to the Bulletproof Podcast yeah. and people going back into the archives. I saw a bunch of people checked out our Canon episode, which was one of our earliest, I believe. Uh, it just amazes me that people are still digging through the backlog. You know, they, they're going to go back there and they're going to hear something that that you know our, our opinions might have changed since then but at the time you know everything felt right it felt real and, and as we were just getting started with this podcast you know we, i feel like uh you were always pretty uh had everything kind of ready and prepared and and i was kind of shooting from the hip then just as i do now but uh they're still good i mean in some of those i felt those early episodes are, are some of our best if you ask me yeah, because I was preparing. Now I just do whatever uh, I want, I guess. No, I, I try to prepare for all of these to the best of my ability. Yeah. yeah you, do, you do a fine job, Brain. I'm, I'm thankful to have someone as, as a partner on this site and you know, as, a, as my partner in life oh. uh, that, that you can do a good uh, 90% of the work and put in most of the effort and I can kind of just try to reap some of the benefits of, of your hard work. Uh, you know, that's, I that appreciate was what that. I, that's what I was going for. And I, you know, I'm glad we're just in this gratitude fest here on Thanksgiving Eve. Uh, but here's something you're probably not thankful for Chad Cruz. Oh boy. You know, oh, last, yeah. last time we had a full house, we had everybody here. It was, we were celebrating three years of this show and we talked the Punisher and uh, a big topic of debate was Punisher Warzone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so after that, uh, episode dropped, I went on to our Twitter at Bulletproof pod. If Twitter is still existing when you're listening to this, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, we, I put up the poll thumbs up, thumbs down, Punisher Warzone. What did everybody think? And 59% gave it a thumbs up. Yeah. You, you can't be happy about that. I'm not, I don't want to scream recount, but. I, I'm not exactly sure that 
you know, that's that's a very simple poll to throw up, right? Up, yeah. Thumbs up, thumbs down. On and and 22 down. people voted on it. So Only 22 people. It wasn't really Yeah, it wasn't the most feedback we've ever received on anything, but I thought it was, uh, you know. But pretty definitive, you know, 59, 41 yeah. is pretty, pretty definitive. What is it? 13 to <laughs> 13 to nine or something probably. But uh, yeah, so, you know, they win this round, but, it, you know, I still feel like that movie's a pile of shit and I'll, <laughs> I'll die with that thought. I know you will. And again, that is at Bulletproof Pod on Twitter. You never know when we might throw a poll up there. You can interact with us there and you can know what the hell's going on on the site in case you just, I don't know, too lazy to uh, actually just go to the site yourself. If you follow Twitter, you'll know all the new uh, updates and if something's having an anniversary or a birthday or whatever, we try to uh, update our social media again at Bulletproof Pod on Twitter at Bulletproof Action on Instagram and Facebook. And you know what is coming up next month, Chad, since we're talking holidays, yeah, it's the third annual Geekscape holiday live stream tacular. And that's coming up on December the 9th and Bulletproof Action or Bulletproof Podcast will be a part of it once again. But we're going to do something we've never done before, Chad, on that super event. Because we're not going to talk about an action movie. Oof. Yeah, this is scary. We are going to talk about my personal favorite Christmas movie, Scrooged. And that's a fine, that's a wonderful Christmas movie. It's probably been two or three years since I've watched it. Um, it, It's not really in my regular Christmas rotation. So... uh, Oh, I'm I'm just watching it this Thanksgiving uh, weekend, this long holiday weekend. I will be watching it soon. And, you know, maybe I'm definitely going to I definitely need a rewatch because it's been a few years. And, you know, sometimes with comedies, the, you know, a joke, uh, you might forget about a joke in 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 a comedy. So I feel like I'll do a rewatch and I'll get some of those jokes that I missed the last time or that I haven't thought of in years. So I'm looking forward to it. And, you know, another thing, you know, we're thankful to be a part of the uh, the Geekscape family. And it's been three years now uh, for their holiday live stream, Tacular. So. And, and, yeah, and it's uh, yeah, for a good cause, big brothers, big sisters. So happy to help out there as well. Just uh, but you, can you just feel the holiday spirit on this episode, Chad? So much spirit. It, it really is. And, you know, last year on the uh, second annual Geekscape holiday live stream, Tacular, we talked diehard clones. And that kind of leads us right into what we're going to be doing on this episode, because we're going to talk about what I believe is one of the more unsung diehard clones of them all. And one of my movie I've been itching to rewatch. So that's why I jammed it in here on our schedule. I'm talking about the taking of Beverly Hills and we'll be talking about it as well, but let's take a quick break and then we'll be back. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Chris the Brain and Chad Cruz back with you here on the Bulletproof Podcast, and we are going to be talking about a diehard clone that is a favorite of mine. And Chad, you had never seen it prior to this uh, this event, have you? That is correct, and and 
I had heard of it many times. I'd seen it on different streaming services, um, but I, I had little to zero knowledge of this movie other than just kind of seeing a picture of it and and uh, and knowing that it's a diehard clone. Um, it just sounds like a diehard clone. I mean, it was released in 91. It's called The Taking of Beverly Hills. It sounds like a diehard clone. And because it's Christmas season, you know, and the age old uh, diehard, is it a Christmas movie or is it not a Christmas movie? Uh, debate will rage on again, I'm sure, this year. So uh, instead of doing Die Hard, yeah, it, it felt right. It's it's a movie you love, and it's a movie that I've never seen. So it's perfect. Yeah, and you know, that's you, part of why we started doing BulletproofAction.com is to you kind of get to learn about movies we didn't know about and share our love for maybe some of the lesser-known movies with, with our, our fellow action fanatics. Uh, this one, actually, you, you mentioned it, was released in 1991. Original plans were this was going to be released in 1989 to capitalize on the success of Die Hard from the, the summer before. But uh, this one had a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff happening with the, the studio and you yeah. know, Orion, and they were heading into a bad direction, much like Canon before them. And uh, it was just... Just one of those things that happened. Uh, and I think even the director, Sidney J. Fury, who also directed one of my favorites, Iron Eagle, which we talked about earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even think he made it to the to the end. of. He may have got wow. fired before it was all said and done. So one of those with a lot of drama behind the scenes. Uh, but let's get into it. It starts off. Well, it's taking the Beverly Hills. We're going to see some Beverly Hills footage. And we got Matt Frewer doing some narration. And you probably could relate a bit to this, Chad Cruz, because uh, here, here he is. He's he's a cop in the movie, Kelvin, uh, and he's a public servant, but he's not making the money that you think he should be making. Right. And, you know, and that's going to be something that comes into play as this movie plays out. Yeah. And, and it's something you probably heard a lot more of back in the early 90s or the 80s or whatever. Um, I'd say a lot of these bigger city departments probably make a lot more money than they used to, of course. But, but yeah, he, his, his kind of frustration and, and throughout the movie, we'll see that pretty much every law enforcement officer that we find, they have this frustration about protecting a city that they can't even afford to live in. Right. So, and it's right. like you said, it's a big part of, of why this whole plan gets put into place for some of these guys. Yeah. Even the chief of police of the Beverly Hills PD yeah. cannot live in Beverly Hills. He's out in Pasadena. So yeah, it's a very expensive place to live, and that is all entailed in this narration. And you get to see some of the shops on Rodeo Drive and all the beautiful people as the opening mm-hmm. credits go. Uh, one of the things that really struck me the first time I watched this, and I still, even rewatching it, just the amount of licensed music that is in this movie. It's surprising. I mean, it really is. Because Have you he- think of it like, okay, this isn't something that was huge. So you're yeah. thinking this is like kind of more of a direct-to-video level movie. But no, this was, you could tell it was meant to be a big theatrical release based on the, the amount of money they had to spend on the music alone. That's probably right. one of the, the biggest line items. I think that the, the budget probably was like music licensure and then like explosions. Yeah. Right, exactly. right below that. Because there's a lot of explosions to it. Absolutely. Uh, it, it's pretty wild at times. I, I couldn't believe, like you said, when you hear some of the songs, you expect it to not be like popular songs being played in these in these movies. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a pretty incredible the, the amount of songs that 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 fill the film, even though maybe the scenes don't merit that song. 
They they put him in there regard. I've been you know I I watched this two nights ago and I've been listening to all these songs. Excellent. On, on a basically on a loop just because they've been in my head. Uh, the original there is some original music by Jan Hammer, of course, of Miami Vice fame, among other things. Sounds but, like a professional wrestler. He does. Uh, maybe if his last name was Valentine as well, it would be even mm-hmm. better. Uh, and now we're gonna see Robert Bat Masterson played by Robert Davi course from die hard mm-hmm. so that gives this this die hard clone a little extra something um and he's arriving at a charity event for the homeless uh we find out bat is a football owner among other things and yeah. he's got his eyes on laura who is the daughter of a very powerful insurance mogul mitchell sage played by mr william prince it's a very interesting dynamic with the with these rich folks because uh, it doesn't feel like Robert Davi's character is looked at as being on their level. Right. Even though he owns an NFL team. And I guess it's probably different. You know, it's 30 years later now. These teams are worth billions of dollars. But uh, yeah, he's he's kind of not on their level. They, they don't think of him as being one of them to a certain extent. And yeah, the uh, Mitchell Sage, he, he's super rich insurance mogul. He just doesn't approve of of uh, Mr. Davi's kind of quest to win over Laura's heart. Yeah. He, he doesn't want him at all. Um, and uh, we meet uh, Bat's head of security, Varney, who we find out is a former cop played by the wonderfully named Lee Ving. <laughs> Lee Ving does not look like a Lee Ving. He looks no, like- <laughs> he certainly doesn't. But uh, I'm guessing that's a clever stage name. Uh, Potentially. So, He's the head of security. Uh, They're wondering where the, you know, kind of the man of the hour for this event or one of the big draws for this event, the star quarterback of Bat Masterson's team. It's the quarterback. It's Boomer Hayes, played by Ken Wall. Uh, So they get uh, the aforementioned Kelvin to go find him. Um, And we also then meet the chief of Beverly Hills, who is played by Ferris Bueller's dad. Yeah. And he's about as clueless as he was as Ferris Bueller's dad in this movie. He plays the part. (laughs) <laughs> he does well, doesn't he? I can't yeah. imagine him being in a, in a, a, a having a part in a movie where he's like delivering all sorts of information and knows exactly <laughs> and he's, what he's yeah, doing. He's completely he knows everything that's going on, and he, yeah, he, he's the one who's on on the ball, and everybody else is an idiot. But we yeah. got Boomer now. Boomer's there, and you know he's he arrives, and my God, is his hair amazing? I uh, this is what I'm like. Chad Cruz is going to have to love at least portions of this yeah. movie. And that mullet had to do it for you. He's got a great mullet and he's funny. He's charismatic. Ken Wall is, he's, he's good. Like he, I don't know if he screams NFL QB to me, but I mean, we're also talking about, you know, Terry Bradshaw was a pretty damn good quarterback too. And he doesn't scream, you know, right. major he, athlete he, to me either. Right. So it fits, you know, he looks like a, a big athletic guy and, you know, even though later on we, we get a lot of uh, him in a towel, he doesn't exactly <laughs> look like a, a million bucks, you know, but but he's good. He, and, and him and, and Matt Frewer have kind of a good uh, dynamic between the two of them because Matt Frewer, I always remember him from uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Okay. Um, but he seems like such a little wimp in this movie, like just the way he... He's just like so beaten down, I feel. Yeah, he's a sad sack for sure. Yeah, he is. You know what wasn't sad was Tony, Tony, Tony. Oh. It feels good, comes in as as Boomer rolls up. And I would like to say that this is the second time Tony, Tony, Tony was mentioned. The first time was in our showdown episode by Mr. Paul London. So, yeah. you know, 
uh, and this it, it feels good is a good song. I love it. it's not my favorite Tony Tony song, uh, but I, I enjoy is, it. Is this a is this a film that PL is a fan of? I don't know that he's ever seen this movie because so. I feel like he would be a good per like if we had a, a did a three way on this one with PL. Yeah. I bet this would be a good one because he, yeah. it's got a lot of good stuff in it, and and I'm I, sure and he I, would have the lines memorized, and we yeah. spend. And I know one of that. his favorite songs comes up later in this, and I'll, I'll point that out when we get to that. Uh, but yeah, Boomer's there, the Mullet's there, uh, Mitchell Sage is up on stage speaking, and they've at this point raised two million dollars for the homeless, which is a wonderful cause super yeah um and now we get to see a little bit of the boomer and bat relationship and they're not like the uh you know best of friends obviously they're, they're button heads yeah you know boomer works for bat you know he's under contract and he's he's got a, a contract negotiation coming up and i think that there's there's kind of tension that's building up between the two of them and and not to mention that that bat having the hots for laura you know he's uh I feel like he's already tense. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's, he's got some unrelieved stuff going on and, <laughs> and boomer boomers there. And, and as we see shortly after the scene, boomer has kind of got his sights set on Laura as well. Yeah. She shows up and yeah, he just goes right into a alpha male mode. Oh yeah. Um, With hair like that. It's hard not to be in alpha male mode. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful mullet. Uh, Mitchell Sage then announces that Masterson has donated a million, but still somehow manages to turn that on him. Yeah, man, what the hell? Like he, you, this man does not like Bat Masterson. Um, Masterson wants to celebrate with Laura. She shoots him down. No, nah, we're not doing that. Then Dad's like, "Hey, Laura, why don't you come to New York with me? I'm, you know, catching the red eye right after this." Nah, Dad, I don't want to do that. You just want me there to stop Mom from going shopping. I got, <laughs> I got my own shit to do here. Right. And but there's one man who does not get shot down. No, at least not, not maybe not immediately when, but he wears her down. And of course we're talking about Boomer Hayes. Oh, he shoots a shot. All right. <laughs> and he does it in a way that is like, it's smart. You know, it's, it's a very like uh, smart move on his part because he doesn't just walk up to her and, you know, ask her to dinner or, Hey, you know who I am? Look at me, big shot. He, you know, he pitches this, this uh, kind of, social work program or whatever, like for, un, for less fortunate kids. And he's going to spend time with them every weekend. And it, you know, it, it goes from what, like one week or two weeks to being like a whole year. Yeah. So she makes sure that she gets as much out of him as possible, but mm -hmm. in return for that, she has to spend the next eight hours with him. Yeah. And they put a little show on for boomers boys who are sitting at the table. One of which was a uh, Bob Golick. Uh, oh, I didn't even notice that. Yep, he, he's in there. And uh, so while that's going on now, here we go. Now, you know, one of the key things in a Die Hard clone is you need a big master plan. Yeah. Some elaborate scheme. And we are going to see the first piece of that as this uh, tanker truck, this with toxic chemicals, is just barreling towards Beverly Hills. <laughs> For no reason. For no apparent reason. And yeah. uh, so that's that's like, oh, that's curious. And then we cut to Boomer and Laura. They're out to dinner uh, and uh, have a nice probably dinner. Who probably costs more than your house, Chad. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, most likely. Um, and then, you know, they go back to a Boomer's place for a little talk mm -hmm. and a little flirting as well. A little flirtation there. And he's playing his cards right. You know, he's got he's got eight hours. He's not in a big hurry, right? No, he's pacing himself for sure. Yeah. Um, and then 
we get to see who's behind the wheel of that truck, Chad Cruz, and what an action all star he is. <laughs> yeah, he he's he's popped up in several episodes uh, of the Bulletproof Podcast as well, and we're talking about Branscombe Richmond, who uh, he's done he's done a a buttload of movies. He 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 plays a lot of bad guys. He has a great look. Um, He plays the character Benitez in this. So he's driving the truck and he's kind of the utility guy uh, for these, for these bad guys in this movie. Um, And he's just blasting this truck down the road, driving fast as hell, uh, being chased by Matt Frewer. And uh, he wrecks the hell out of this truck. And, and of course the toxic spill happens and you know, this toxic gas or whatever goes up into the air and, he just kind of walks away from it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is, you know, like you said, he pops up in all sorts of, of movies that we've talked about some of them. Action Jackson. He's in the, the pool hall scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but this has got to be his meatiest uh, of roles. I mean, because he's in this movie yeah. almost all the way up to the end. So this is a big time role for Branscombe Rich. I always, you know, liked him in uh, Hard to Kill with Seagal. Okay. Yeah. Because he gets a, a good death and there's a great one liner. Uh, I believe when he gets killed, he uh, Seagal just says, uh, uh, fuck you and die. <laughs> and then like kills him. So it was always, you know, that, that was, that's one of those early Seagal's that is the eloquence of Mr. Steven Seagal. Unbelievable. Those were so good. Those early few, but, but yeah, that's the one I always remember most from. But he has a big, big part here without him. Most of this movie doesn't even happen. Right. He has definitely yeah, the, the straw that stirs the drink at times. He's like Tom cat. And Boomer is Jerry Mouse. There you go. There you go. And uh, so, yeah, as you mentioned, he he plans this truck tipping over, basically. There's an explosion. There's gas. Everyone needs out. Everyone needs to get out. So we get the first responders to show up. Uh, but heroes. they're like heroes, folks. Heroes, absolute heroes. They show up and like, no, wait a minute. There's guys like with Geiger counters or something, <laughs> something going on. They're like, no, no, you guys got to get out of here. You're going to die. You got to go get your hazmat gear on. You can't be out here like that. So they go back. Uh, speaking of back, back at Boomers. Uh, oh, they yeah. have now moved up to the beautiful giant bathroom of <laughs> Mr. Boomer Hayes and his giant tub filled with so many bubbles. Um, and he's in there just soaking away. You know, this was Sunday. He just had a game. So I'm sure that bath feels real good mm-hmm. uh, for old Boomer Hayes. And uh, Laura's there. She's uh, wearing one of his jerseys. And uh, things seem well, like they're going to escalate here, Che Cruz. Well, well I, I think even before they make it to the bath, don't they? Uh, they kind of agree to to cut things short. Oh, yeah. Right? He, 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 yeah, yeah, he says, oh, I'm, I'm in a lot of pain. I had the, a game. The, yeah, he, he plays it up. He's he plays playing. it up, and then he's and then as he's walking her to the door, uh, they start smooching it up a bit, and and yeah, then suddenly, he kind of makes he suddenly is not in as much pain anymore. Yeah, yeah we're it not makes a lot of sense. We know what's going on, but uh, we're not counting to show. Yeah, and they're they're up there when that uh, truck barrels by, and yes. they think it's an earthquake while they're kissing, like the earth moved. Oh when yeah, they kissed. so that's something special. So yeah, they, then they go upstairs and they're in the little bathtub and she's kind of trotting around in his in his football jersey, which you know that's a that's a cute look, you know. Yeah, everybody loves that like you know long shirt with no no pants on look on a lady. Yeah, yeah, who? Yeah, yeah everybody does, of course. Um, 
So yeah, while that's going on though, some action going on outside because the police are now putting up roadblocks all around the perimeter. There's no, you can't get in or out of Beverly Hills at this point. It's quarantine. It's closed for the night. Yeah. Surprisingly, the EPA is like instantly there and they're like, well, oh, it's, we have to quarantine. We have to get everybody out uh, for this many hours because this shit's in the atmosphere. And it makes a lot of sense. You know what I mean? Like a hazmat situation. There, there's a lot of things that happen. You know, you, you have to get away so many feet depending on what you're, dealing with and and you know evacuations happen of course and uh you know a lot lot to do with the wind which way is the wind blowing so mm-hmm. if you're going to if you're going to do what these guys are planning to do this is a pretty good method of of kind of emptying the town yeah and that's the thing no one's going to quit like they their point is no one's going to question it. no one's going to be like oh I'll, I'll, no i want to go by that chemical leak i want to see if it's not right. that bad no everyone's like what no i'm i'm a, i'm out of here Right. And you know, it's funny. So, so I was uh, uh, back on my army days uh, many years ago. I I was in uh, New Orleans after Hurricane Katrina hit. And you're talking, I'm, I'm at the Superdome and there's just water, of course, everywhere. And there's three feet of water in the streets and there are people just walking and we're yelling at them, hey, you got to get over here. We're, we're evacuating. Get, get on the bus. And they're like, nah, I'm fine. I'm heading home. <laughs> You know, and right. we're t- that's three feet of water. So some things you can manage, uh, a hazardous toxic waste spill that's, you know, infecting the air and potentially killing people, you probably don't want to mess with it. So they're not going to just walk home after that one. Right. So then we go back to the legit first responders. Um, they're getting in their hazmat suits, but they get locked in the, the locker room. By a bunch of guys who were posing as drunks who stole Bob's big boy. Right. Um, so th- again, there's another little piece of this elaborate scheme. Yeah. That took all kinds of moving parts and pieces and just timing it right. Um, Kelvin and a bunch of former cops who are dressed up as not former cops now evacuating houses. There's buses pulling up. And conveniently, these they're going to take all the people to Century City and a hotel owned by one the one and only Mr. Bat Masterson. So is he involved in this, Chad? Mm. Ah, mm. man, that's a that's a good question. I wonder if he is. Is, hey, is it Robert Davi a bad guy in a movie? No way. He has he looks like an angel, like a saint. Look at his face. Yeah, he has a great <laughs> face for a movie because yeah, he he's does. instantly like okay, this guy's up to something. And and yes, he certainly is in this one. Meanwhile. Uh, Laura decides, you know, before she gets in the tub, she'd like a little champagne. I, and I like the scene where, so she says, you know, do you have any champagne? And he said, do you need champagne? Mm. And it's as if, you know, like. Does she need to get drunk to be with this guy? Yeah. Does she need to get a little tipsy before he give her the old tip, you know? <laughs> tip, tipsy. Maybe even more than the tip. If he's yeah. Lucky. Hey. You're so talking she, about going balls deep in her pussy, right? Whoa, yes, I was. Go, okay. She's going to go downstairs, though, to get this champagne. And that's when she kind of notices that there's some hubbub outside. Uh, she kind of opens the door to see what's going on. The minute she opens that door, some of these cops drag her away. She's like, no, wait a minute. Boomer's still inside. They assume that's her dog. That was great, too. Yeah. And you know what? There, there are several times in this movie, especially early on, where I'm like, this is all great. I love this. I, I, I love the idea of the toxic spill being the cause of this, you know, this plan really kicking off. And someone says boomers inside. I would probably think it was a dog too. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Cause it wasn't like Varney. It wasn't a guy who knew. Yeah. It was just some of these, you know, 
some former, mercenary guy. Yeah, disgruntled cops who like found out about this scheme and are like, yeah, we're in. So they have no freaking, they're, you know, they're not thinking about Boomer Hayes, the quarterback. They're, you know, there's all kinds of stuff going on. So that was great. Um, they load her on the bus and here's a red flag for her because she notices like some, some of the animals, some of the dogs are just wandering around willy nilly. Like you, you know, animals are usually the first to know Chad Cruz. Yeah, they tend to be, you know, that's why what they use like a pigeons or something in, in the mining canary the and the canaries. That's what it was. Canaries. So, uh, you know, I don't think they'd use dogs for that purpose, but no, you know, but, too many, yeah, these dogs are going towards the puffs of smoke. They, you know, they don't care. They're not like, Ooh, that smells cause they have a better sense of smell than it, than we do. They be they the, do. going the other way. Uh, you get a little EMF. Unbelievable. Oh, when that hits, you that see, you see the master plan coming. They, they're going into these Rodeo Drive places with yeah. big hazmat barrels and just loading this shit in. And right. all that inventory is co- in the you know insurance computer. So you've got uh, the guys at the control center just adding up all the money that they're based, all the goods and the value right. of it. So they're just ripping off millions and millions of dollars in minutes, seconds. And it's, and it's a massive operation. We're, you know, we're talking dozens and dozens of guys. It's not six Eastern Europeans walking in with their <laughs> right. blonde hair and machine guns. Right. This is a lot of people, a lot of vehicles. The operation is pretty massive. So you know that the they were well-funded. Someone had to, to kind of, put this plan in place and come up with this idea. And, and uh, yeah, there's just a, I mean, there's a lot of disgruntled, disgruntled cops out there, probably more so now than there were back in 91, but um, to get this many people, I mean, they're stealing like at one point it was what, like 30 million or something. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a lot of money, a lot of money. And they have, they have a plan to, to the minute, you know, like, Oh, there's only in 70 minutes that, you know, the national guard never actual people are going to show up. So we got to be out of here before the actual people show up because they're going to question what the hell is going on here. They, Um, they might, they should, hopefully. I don't know. It's the guard. So who knows? You never know. Uh, and it's a Sunday. So who knows? Uh, boomer, He's meanwhile, he's just still chilling in his tub, deciding what music he's going to play mm-hmm. to boink uh, Laura. And he chooses a little Marvin Gaye, Let's Get It On, which is appropriate. And what what was the other, uh, it was another song, a slow song. Yeah. That he, he put on and he goes, that's ah, too, that's too much or something. And then he puts on Let's Get It On. I was like, oh yeah, that's right. That's perfect. That's <laughs> yeah. Perfect. yeah. He, he didn't want to uh, send any mixed signals. No, he's, he's trying to to some swap some fluids swap some fluids indeed uh but eventually he's like wait a minute how long does it take for one to go get champagne yeah she probably he probably was like oh she's gotta take a shit you know <laughs> so he gets out and this is the towel portion of the movie that you were talking about. yes um but meanwhile outside the mayor of beverly hills is demanding to get through because you know he's the mayor and blah blah mm-hmm. blah he gets murdered by barney and this is a big turning point for our boy. Kelvin. Yeah. Yeah. You know, at this point, you know, Kelvin is a part of this plan. Uh, he's a huge part of it actually. And it makes you wonder why they would choose him. Um, Cause he doesn't seem like he's the most like, he's not the smartest guy. No. You know, he's kind of like a, a joke almost at the beginning, but somehow he gets a huge, part of this this whole heist plan um but yeah once he sees the mayor get shot in the head get capped 
he is having some serious second thoughts. So we go back to Boomer. He's still in his towel, still looking for Laura. Goes outside, um, and he sees the chaos. Varney sees him, and he's like, that? Yeah, Varney hates Boomer. Yeah. Um, So he sends two guys to go get him. Boomer sees him coming, so he heads back upstairs, jumps in the tub. Uh, We did establish the tackling gimmick that he has in his bathroom, which he has nicknamed Alzado. Yeah. Uh, And uh, that takes out one of the assassins and Kelvin takes out the other. So Kelvin has officially at this point switched sides. He has. And, you know, uh, another callback to Bulletproof Action, uh, a friend of BPA, Lou Alzado, right? Lyle Alzado. Lyle Alzado is what I said. Lou? Lyle. He's dead. Um, He's super dead. But that's what he named his, his tackling. Yeah. Dummy thing, right? You did yeah. the uh, Lyle Alzado movie, The Destroyer. I did. That was a real piece of work. <laughs> but, we find, but this scene, you know, what it what it really does for us is now we got a wet towel on Boomer. Oh, yeah. And Kelvin has swapped sides by shooting one of these guys. I wanted to uh, ask you a question. I can't wait. About this towel scene. Yeah. If this, we're going to play a game we like to play a lot. Okay. If this was a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. <laughs> How soon would that towel have fallen off of him? Oh, dude. It, I mean, he's... he's or would he have it. even bothered putting putting one on? Well, my first thought was I would not have done the towel gimmick. I would have gotten out, had him get out of that, that tub and put a robe on. Right. A robe would make So now you've got coverage with the robe. But you can also extend with the legs. You can get kicks in the air. So I, I think that Van Dam would have had a robe, and I think that he could have still thrown. He could have still thrown some of his round kicks and such, and yeah. you would have had brief moments where he was ex- his genitals were exposed. <laughs> and certainly, as he was running up the stairs, I, I really feel like he would have taken that robe off and thrown it on a guy's head yeah. to blind him. Well, yeah, that's just def- defense. Yeah, and then kicked him in the face and ran bare-assed up the stairs. Okay. Well, there you go. And that's what would have happened if this mm-hmm. was a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. Uh, so we've got that going on. And uh, now we get old Benitez. And oh, he's yeah. got himself this SWAT truck that's like got a tank gimmick on it. I mean, this is a this is going to cause some problems for some people. Yeah. Yeah, a lot, you know, people people get really up in arms about how militarized SWAT teams are these days. Yeah. Which uh, I don't, you know, I, I'm in a different kind of situation, you know. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want them to have helicopters. I want yeah. them fast roping out of helicopters through windows. You know, these guys are hardcore. You know, these guys are like SEALs nowadays. Right. So uh, the fact that they have this little tank thing, yeah, a lot of them big ones actually do have those things, and yeah. and I can't remember if this was actually a Beverly Hills take or was it from L.A. I'm going to guess it was probably L.A. You wouldn't okay. think would Beverly Hills need a SWAT team? I wouldn't. I mean, maybe they probably have one, uh, but um, I don't know. You know, would they, a lot would of, they need the truck tank? That's a good question. I don't know, but yeah. you know, because there's so many celebrities, you know that. I'm sure they they have the funds for something. Oh like yeah, that. they could afford it. I'm sure. Yeah, but, but yeah, Branscombe shows up with this thing and he's just running over shit. He runs over like 50 different walls. 
And this is when they start really blowing up things yeah. and ramming like, houses. Oh, oh like, this is where yeah, it just becomes an action orgasm. And I feel like I looked up where this was filmed. Mexico you, City. Mexico City. Yeah, they, they, they built a lot of these uh, storefronts and such yeah. just so they could destroy them, which is just... Right. Yeah, they didn't Makes actually so destroy Beverly Hills. Uh, That's a shame. That would have been that would have been even more costly. I would it would have been costly, but it'd been worth it. Okay, take that, rich people. <laughs> uh, so, meanwhile, so what we see him with, with this, it's like, okay, this is going to be problems. Kelvin is basically spilling his guts to Boomer about what's going on here. Basically, these all these guys are ex cops. They were all disgruntled. All were feeling like Kelvin did. Like I am getting paid peanuts to protect these people who, you know, are making more just sitting on their couch in interest and what they have in the bank than I make all year. So it's, you know, it's, it's frustrating. And, you know, somebody with some power and some money has obviously manipulated these guys and uh, really got them all wound up. So here we go. This is where we're at. Um, Boomer is uh, got a bit of a bum wheel due to the game earlier Mm -hmm. today. Uh, shoots himself up with some cortisone drafts Kelvin to be his partner, even though Kelvin's like, I don't want to do this. You know, I can't do this. You know, mm-hmm. again, he's a sad sack. He has no confidence. Yeah. He's, he's kind of a shame just to watch. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you know, he, he'll have a chance here to prove himself and, you know, but and, and to Boomer's point, you know, he's like, I don't know about guns and shit like that. I'm, you know, I'm a football player. I know how yeah. to move downfield, baby. That's what I'm the master of. And I love it. You know, I I enjoy when Boomer talks, when he inserts little football things in there, when he shoots himself up with cortisone. I thought that was fantastic because, you know, he's like limping around. He had a big game. He got his ass whooped a bit. So it makes sense. Man, I love it. This made a lot of sense. And then he's, I don't know, guns, you know. Right. Why would he? Why would he? He's a he's a freaking football player, so it it makes a lot of sense. And then throughout the film, you know, all the times that he has to kind of weaponize something, it's always in a throwing way. You know, he's yeah. freaking ninja stars, and uh, he's throwing everything. So it 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 really works out well. I think, I think they do a great job with the whole. He's a football player turned. Oh hero. yeah. Right. Yeah. He's not suddenly has like a Navy SEAL experience. Right. Out out of the blue. He's, he's going with the skill set you know, he would have. Right. What college you go to? I was in West Point army. Like, Oh (laughs) fuck me. Like, here we go. (laughs) So we get the chief Ferris Bueller's dad. They, they don't let him come in and shoot him. They're like, yeah, you got to go to, to a century city. There's EPA command center there. And that's where, that's where we put all the evacuees. So, all right. He doesn't think anything more of it and just heads over there. Um, and we all go over there because now we see Laura and bat having a chat, uh, in the hotel lobby and, uh, that, you know, although we've got shops here, why don't you go buy, buy yourself something since you're sitting here in a trench coat and a yeah. Jersey and, and your bra and panties, yeah. maybe. Still a little moisture down there, probably. Oh, oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. So uh, she goes and does that, but as she's going towards the shop, she sees the guy with the little EPA badge who just randomly decides to take the thing off. He's acting all squirrely. He's acting all he, suspicious. He's an idiot. Like yeah, he's he just is. a downright idiot. And and they they could have picked someone better to be this guy. <laughs> like here, put this badge on. <laughs> pretend to be EPA. 
And yeah, why like, did he take it off? He's such an idiot. Like he yeah. does, even when he's like confronted, he's like, duh, duh, duh. Like there's got to be someone smarter than this guy. Yeah, was he another one of the football players? I wonder. I don't know. He was From, an idiot. That uh, team maybe had some uh, head trauma or something. Only, only the uh, the chief of police, Ferris Bueller's dad, was 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 fooled was by him. Fooled by him. <laughs> Which isn't saying much. And so, I tell you what, Bat Bat really kind of lays it all out here he's 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 like scored a lot of points with laura so yeah you know look at i'm helping all these people and yeah, all that he's doing a great thing at this point she is not suspecting that he's involved no but she does obviously think something's not right between the the dogs and now this weird epa dude yeah um, meanwhile we've got uh benitez is after boomer and kelvin and he's, he's... in that tank and he's... uh crashing and everything houses whole houses are being blown up this is this is people's livelihoods we're talking about brain <laughs> i loved it i absolutely loved it that's good uh but boomer has a plan and he baits benitez in and the tank ends up in a freaking swimming pool a cement pond yeah if you will he, he should have been like juke move or you know said something uh football like but yeah sorry Sorry. It's okay, Boomer. That was cool. It was a good plan, you know. Missed opportunity. I know. Uh, so now they're Boomer and Kelvin decide we need some wheels. We can't just be running around freaking Beverly Hills on foot. Uh, so Kelvin's like, oh, well, there's the budget rent-a-car right down the way. Uh, but, of course, Benitez, you, you may have slowed him down a bit, but he gets right back. He is a freaking relentless evil villain in this movie. He is. And, you know... Unfortunately, I guess fortunately for us, because we're watching the film for entertainment, he's still chasing them. But luckily, uh, Kelvin didn't just shoot him. Right. <laughs> you know, because he has a gun. Yeah, he you does. Know, he, he could have eliminated just shot the, him. He could have eliminated the Benitez problem. But it makes like, it fun because, like I said, to me, it's like a Tom and Jerry kind of thing. Like he just, he just, he keeps chasing him and like crashing and he does like the roadrunner a coyote while he coyote like he just crashes and burns all the time and they always slip away they always do and we get a little oj's for the love of money as we see all these beautiful cars getting blown up um varney at this point so once again as you mentioned they boomer and kelvin get away again all the destruction all the terror all the mayhem they still get through Varney's pissed. He wants Benitez and everybody to just search, do a grid search until they find him and kill these bastards. Hell yeah. Now we go back to the hotel where a curious Laura, after seeing this EPA dude, she uh, she follows Masterson and he meets with the mysterious EPA dude. And uh, unfortunately, though, she gets into an area where she can't get out of. Now she's like yeah. in the inner workings, in the secret lair of uh, Bat Masterson. In his control center. The secret layer of Bat Masterson sounds like a 1930s radio serial. It probably you know, like, was. Like an old show on the radio. I know Bat Masterson was a show. He was a, a Wild West, like a black yeah, guy, well, right? Yeah. 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 He, he was like a, a real badass back in the day. Um, Kind of not what this Bat Masterson is. He's more of a... Maybe he wasn't uh, a black guy. He, he, he was a guy. He's he was a, definitely he's a guy. A, he's a manipulator. Um, yeah, this one's a piece of shit. And, he's no hero. Nobody's. And, and now that uh, Laura is kind of on to him, and she she's kind of trapped there. Yeah, you um, know she's in trouble now. Eventually, it's gonna yeah 
He's going to come back and get her here. Yeah, she she may have crossed the line that she's going to regret here soon. But we go back to Boomer and Kelvin. They're actually at Masterson's mansion because, again, Boomer don't give a shit. He, he's going to mess around with his boss. And uh, he's in there making Molotov cocktails. And once again, we get to hear Kelvin bitch about his job and his pay. Yeah. And just Dude. pity party for himself. These city workers, man, they just complain. <laughs> so the Molotov cocktails, though, it doesn't take long for these to come into play. It's not oh, like yeah. they, it's not like they like showed it like, oh shit, that's probably going to come into play later. No, it's like two seconds later, and yeah. Benitez is on fire. And it's it's our first throwing weapon yep. that Boomer has. So uh, it's one of my favorite things about this movie is that the quarterback is launching Molotov cocktails uh, at Benitez, but also you know at cars and yeah. vehicles and buildings it's it's really and he, great and he throws with great accuracy you could see why he is a quarterback he's a good qb man he's got it and he you know what more than anything i think he's a winner he is if this movie taught me anything it's that uh being the most accurate uh the fastest he's not the fastest he's not the quickest he's not the strongest but he never gives up very true and in classic diehard fashion he gets a hold of a one of the bad guys radios so yeah. now he's getting some of that inside information he now he's getting to know what the hell's going on and he hears that bastard masterson's voice on there he mm-hmm. can't help himself but to chime in Chad. oh man he hates bat masterson and now that he knows he's wrapped up in this and is leading the whole thing oh he he is pissed and masterson is even more pissed and he can't wait till he can sick his goons on Boomer and kill him. So yeah, it, it, it goes from steal as much money as possible to, okay, let's get a lot of money, but also kill Boomer because this is like, this is probably amazing for him because at this point he thinks he's got all, you know, all the cards and Boomer should, should be surely dead because there's so many guys there. He should have never had any opportunity to survive this, but I mean, come on, it's an action movie. What do you expect? Yeah, and pissed off Masterson, that's when he, two seconds later, finds Laura. You know, we knew, mm-hmm. we just said we, she was going to get caught, but what a horrible, bad timing right there. He would have been bad. pissed. He would have been pissed regardless, but now he's like double pissed. So she's oh, taken yeah. prisoner. Um, and now we get a little fighting with fire because you set Benitez on fire. Well, he's going to pull out a flamethrower and we get <laughs> Black Cat oh, by yeah. Janet Jackson. Freaking Janet Jackson. She's a major star. And now they're in the parking garage. And you know my feelings on parking garage. It was some of the most dangerous places in all the action movies. And what a freaking scene this is. And we have another connection to to, uh, the NFL with Janet Jackson. You know, her her titty got pulled out years ago. Right, yeah. The Super Bowl. So there's another connection. But yeah, there's you you put a parking garage in an action movie and Lord knows what could happen. There's explosions. You know, one great thing about parking garages is that they rarely have uh, any type of like sprinkler system. So when things blow up or burn in there, you got black smoke for days and you could have some really cool action sequences in there. And this one, it turns out cool, uh, but it gets better at the end when they drive off the roof of the parking garage and land on the building next to it. Yeah. And then crash down through all the floors, ending up in a sushi bar and the sushi bar has shuriken on the wall. Shuriken. I mean, I did not believe, you know, like how can I make this movie better? Well, here's some freaking throwing stars. 
you add ninja throwing stars to any movie and it's already exactly at least 10 percent better it yeah. adds an actual star rating to the uh to it the does movie. it does real stars mm-hmm so now we're going to find out about this primary target because as you said once the this boomer situation and everything. Okay. We got to cut this thing short because we're not going to be able to do everything we wanted to do. So let's get the primary target, which is this painting that's on a wall of the bank that Masterson owns. So they're freaking removing an entire wall. And this, you kind of see this process going on throughout with all yeah. this stuff, but you don't really know what the hell is going on until we get to this point. And yeah, they're going to move a wall and here it comes. PL's favorite band of all time, Faith No More, with the song Epic. And, you know, the bad guys once again realized that they survived that crashing off the, into the building. Boomer and, uh, and Kelvin are on the loose. And, yeah. uh, again, great music again. And, uh, but it seems like maybe this time the bad guys have won because they shoot Kelvin. Yeah. And he crashes in to Boomer and they go through a storefront window. And the way that they go through the window, it really does look like, you know, and they assume they're dead. Of course, that's what bad guys do is they assume. Um, initially, they assume they're dead because of the way they fell through the window and they're kind of like out on the ground. But I mean, we, we probably do a little disservice to these scenes because before that, you know, boomers throwing ninja stars at people, right? Right. Like, you know, I was so excited that they were just there. But <laughs> yeah, they actually got used. Yeah, they're getting used, which is great. He's a quarterback. He's launching these things at people. Um, but yeah, Varney eventually he he goes to make sure that Boomer's dead, and uh, he sees kind of Boomer and Kelvin lying there, and he leaves him a, a little bit of a present. Uh, to you know, it's it's. <laughs> For them, it wasn't Christmas season. It's got to be near Christmas because it's the NFL season. Yeah. So we're talking wintry, wintry time. So he wants to leave a present for Boomer and Kelvin because he appreciates them and, and what they've <laughs> Yeah, he wants Boomer to live up to his name is what he, he says. He does, which is a great, another great line. And But again, to your point, you know, but again, this is an action movie. Same as uh, Kelvin could have shot Benitez. I mean, he could have just come in there and just put a couple more bullets in. Yeah. You know. And been right in their heads, so then he would know they were dead. But instead, he wants yeah. to go dramatic, yes. and blow boom, make Boomer go boom, um, which would have worked. That definitely would have killed him. But the thing is, Boomer was you know, playing dead, no. a little playing a yeah. possum, if you will. And uh, you know, Kelvin had a bulletproof vest on. Spoiler alert: that's why he survived the whole thing. Uh, and then that's—I mean, this is the best use of his quarterback skills right here. It's great. Yeah, Varney is driving away in his vehicle and Boomer picks up the uh, the explosive that was dropped there and just throws a Hail Mary pass, you know, lands it right in the back of his vehicle. Varney yeah. realizes it right as it's about to blow up. Oh, right. Like it's about the two second mark. Yeah. It's beautiful. No, nothing he could do. Nothing yeah. he could do except die. And he does. Another great quarterback kill. Yep. And uh, so now that, that, freaking piece of wall is now being taken to Masterson's yard and they've had a hole pre-made ready to go pull up the grass. You'll never know that it was there and they just bury that thing. And now we get to understand what the hell this plan was all about for Masterson. It's just a real elaborate insurance scam. 
And <laughs> yeah. it's it's Laura's dad who has the policy on this freaking thing. Uh, and, you know, he figures, okay, they're not going to want to pay out this billion dollar insurance, but maybe they'd be uh, settled for making me chairman of the board. So this, you know, he's like long game Masterson. Which is strange. Okay. He owns a bank. He owns a hotel. He owns a football team. Mm-hmm. But he, what he really wants in life is to be chairman of the board of an insurance company. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, well, you know, what the hell is he thinking? It, was this his another way for him to get close I, to Laura? I think he could get Laura that way. Yeah, and to kind of shit on her dad. Fuck, same, fuck her dad. Yeah, over. Yeah, yeah. she wants to fuck her dad. Well, not no, fuck him over. He wants to fuck her and fuck her dad over. I mean, that's kind of the ultimate gotcha is to. Yeah. So fuck, he, again, dad, this guy's a bitter, bitter, bitter man. Obviously, he is a villain, and, and it has pushed him to extremes. So, yeah, that's pretty extreme, brain. Okay, well, the <laughs> and you know, and he's got all this other these treasures and these diamonds and all that to give all yeah. these these minions that he yeah you know, because these guys are going to want paid for this freaking work right. and he's got more than enough to, to share with them so and you know you know what my biggest problem with this plan is what's that you got a lot of guys that's yeah. a lot of people to get snitch on you yeah that is true because they know he's involved mm-hmm. and it's just you know if he was really smooth he would have killed all these guys and maybe that was part of you know maybe that was part of the plan it could have been yeah maybe varney was in charge of killing everybody once it was over with right or benitez because varney and benitez yeah maybe those two were the only two that were really were supposed to be in on it but yeah we'll never know speaking of benitez yes sir we finally get the final the, the fourth quarter the final drive the 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 final confrontation between boomer and benitez and uh, it's it was it was kind of a letdown, anticlimactic for sure. It really was, but again, we get another another QB reference with uh, Boomer just launching. What was it like a rock or something? It was like a rock, yeah. And you know, part of me was like felt like that too. Like yeah, that was anticlimactic. But then at the same time, it's like if all of a sudden he was like going toe to toe with this professional hitman, and it's like. A, what what fighting skills? Like I could see just a yeah. fisticuffs, but if you would think that Benitez had more advanced training, so if they got into it like one on one, you think yeah. Benitez would win? Yeah, well, I think I, I would. A rock to the head will will change. Yeah, and, the odds of any fight, I think. And I almost wanted one of those. You know, I, I call it the Indiana Jones, right? So Benitez might have pulled out. Uh, a weapon of some kind, you know, as they're about to have their mano a mano face off, he pulls out a big knife or something. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, here we go, football boy or something. You know, he makes a, makes a reference. And then Boomer looks around, he's got no weapon in hand and he picks up a giant rock and launches it at his head, but literally knocks his head off. <laughs> That's what I wanted. Okay. Well, his entire head flies off. His entire well, that that's been, what I wanted. That would have been, you know, if that would have happened, you would have probably bitched about how ridiculous that was. I don't know. I just watched Terrifier two, and that's the kind of thing. Okay, that, so you're yeah, you're, <laughs> you're in that mode. Okay, I, so I think that's what it is. So we now get part two of the master plan, and you, we kind of alluded to it. Master's like, oh, well, if you're my wife, Laura, 
you know, they can't make you testify against me if any My of this God. comes up, you know, but she's basically, oh, so it's either a wedding or a funeral. And yeah, basically, yeah, because if she doesn't marry him, he's going to kill her with a freaking old time crossbow to the heart. So he was playing uh, fuck, Mary kill with her and her, yes. and her dad. <laughs> <laughs> so he was, she was, he was trying to fuck her dad, marry her and kill Boomer. I got it. Perfect. Once again, we find that fuck, Mary kill has been going on for decades longer than <laughs> we realized. Uh, but you know, with Benitez, you know, he doesn't need his tank anymore cause he dead. So you yeah. know who gets the tank? Oh, Hell Boomer. Yeah. Boomer's in there. Boomer sooner. <laughs> he gets in there and he goes right through Bat's mansion. And what a wonderful, wonderful scene. And then we get Boomer versus Bat. Now Bat, they have established is has asthma. Yeah. And that does come into play here. And so again, this is kind of it's not a very long fight, but it probably really shouldn't be with an freaking asthmatic and a guy who's been running around freaking Beverly Hills getting blown up all night. Right. And, they, and bat bat does well against him. He's yeah. not like a pushover. He's, he's right. holding his own. Well, he's, he, he's motivated for sure. And, yeah. And, and, and fueled by hate. Hate is a powerful fuel at times. Oh, well, trust me. I know. And, and, and speaking of hate, if you're going to kill somebody, yeah. who uses a crossbow? <laughs> This the isn't elegant, a Sean Bean movie. The elegant, the the rich and elite of Beverly Hills are very. I, it's funny that that you know, you're you have this master plan and you're going to be able to cover all these things up. But how are we going to how are we going to cover up a woman who's murdered with a crossbow? And just bury her with the painting in the in the lawn. I suppose you could do that, and then you're going to smell it up. I think you need some yeah. lime. You get some lime. You'll be. But good. Boomer, yeah, Boomer, Boomer. I don't know how you got that tank out of the pool, but. Well, no, uh, they showed it earlier. They pulled it out. Oh, they, did they, they, they were like, a winch. Yeah, yeah, at one point, they when they were like strategizing, you saw them like bringing it out with uh, Okay, with I missed that part. Yeah, they did, they did do that. Um, but yeah, I think that the fact that Boomer isn't some big time, you know, like you said, he's not a Navy SEAL. He's just like a, he's just a dude who happens to be, a, a, you know, one of the top athletes in the world. But he, he's not like, you know, this ultimate fighting machine who's going to have these crazy drawn out fight scenes and right. that that's the that's probably the one thing that's missing in this movie that that kept it from being a massive hit uh because you don't have van damme fighting somebody or seagal having a knife fight with Tommy Lee jones and you know what i mean like right and this is at that time when they were on the rise and that's what yeah. people were starting to expect too in right. the movies so yeah good point and he gets he kind of like i don't want to say it's dumb luck but of course, his quarterback skills are, are, are paramount to success in this movie, but most of most of it is just because these guys are like super inept. <laughs> like there's like 50 guys and they can't kill one dude in a towel. Yeah, and it wasn't even Van Damme in the towels. So. I know. It was just a guy with an just awesome mullet. Mullet man. Um, and I think it's mullet. Well, we'll get into that in a moment. So we get the happy ending. Um, Kelvin... You know, it's like, oh, I'm going to prison. But Boomer's like, the only people who knew about you being involved are dead. Yeah. So shut your fucking mouth. Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. You have paid your debt to society with everything you did tonight. So Good for him. Yeah. So they do that. Boomer and Laura get re- reunited to finish their night that never really ended. And uh, we get a little Sheena Easton, What Comes Naturally. Mm. Uh, and then the end credits. And this is where I want to say, I think his mullet is even more mullet in this end part. 
Like it grew out or something. <laughs> like they probably did this later. Yeah. Um, film this have. later because it, his mullet seemed longer and more pronounced than it well, did at the beginning. Or maybe because it didn't have product in it. I don't know. That what could be it. Because, you know, it got wet a couple of times. It was yeah. just kind of slicked back and, and uh, a lot of natural sweat. You know, what comes naturally? You know, he was sweating while yeah. he was saving the city. And What comes and it, naturally? Laura in the bathtub. Oh, ooh. and Boomer, yeah. <laughs> well, Boomer for sure. Hopefully, Laura for her sake. Right. Oh, he's he's going to make sure she gets there because that's the kind <laughs> yeah, of guy he is. He gets he gets it to the end zone. That's how true. many hours he's got. Does he have left with her? I think it's infinite at this point. I think after you all think that so? going on, I think they're pretty much a, a couple. Okay. And, uh, and you know, he's there fulfilling his promise and and helping the kids every Saturday. I think as long as he sticks to that, she'll be sticking to him. And what if what if she had, he's like, well, I've still got a couple hours left, and she's like, actually, I haven't like stopped the clock, Ooh, so you're yeah. kind of out of time. Yeah that 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 wouldn't have been a happy ending. And we we need a happy ending. <laughs> you're right. You're right. We need we need the happy ending. So there oh. it is, the taking of Beverly Hills again. I, such I I feel like it's an underrated film personally, and I'm glad I got to rewatch it, and I. I'm anxious to hear your final thoughts on this one, Chad. Yeah, it was a great choice. When you first uh, mentioned this movie, I was like, really? Can we find something else? Yeah. Oh, uh, I know. And I was getting angry, but I'm like, whatever. You have to. I'm like, what? I'm like, so I'm thinking to myself, it's, I thought, is he thinking? Cause I know when we talked about it last year, Yeah. you were like, are you talking about that Frank Stallone movie? I'm like, if he's thinking I'm suggesting a fucking Frank Stallone movie. What's that movie? The Frank Stallone Terror, movie? Terror in Beverly Hills. Terror. That's the one I was thinking of. Literally up until I watched this, I was like, where's Frank Stallone at? Um, So, yeah, I mean, I was, I was super happy with the movie. I had a great time watching it. It uh, exceeded all my expectations. Um, I I, I can see why it didn't become a huge hit. Um, Like we were just talking about, didn't have that, you know, didn't have these, these monster action sequences. I think that were, were getting really popular in the early nineties. Didn't have, uh, the martial arts on display and mm-hmm. it didn't have all, you know, those things. And, and plus Ken Wall, is, I mean, you know, he's not a known action guy. Like he's done a lot of action stuff in yeah. it throughout his career, but you don't think, okay. You know, he was a TV guy at that point on right. wise guy. So you didn't think much. But, of course, Bruce I mean, Willis was a TV was guy. Bruce though, Willis, too. Yeah. So that's where they were probably hoping like, well, this could be your movie. And, I, and maybe if they would have been able to get it out in 1989, Maybe yeah. things would have been different, but you know. it's and it's a weird one too because it, it is really fun. It's a fun movie. It's got high production value. Robert Davi is great. He's always good as a bad guy. The performances are all good. Um, it, it it's just lacking. I really you know, and it's funny because uh, Ken Wallace he's very charismatic and he's funny, but at no point are you ever like do you think he's a badass? You know, right. Even when he's winning, it's still like, Oh, luckily he's a quarterback and he can throw a rock hard. (laughs) You know what (laughs) I mean? It's all just kind of dumb luck. And and it, it kind of feels like a three ninjas movie, you know, where it's fun (laughs) to watch, but it's not like a legit action movie. Yeah. Um, and, and that's kind of the only thing that, that took it away from me. And, And I feel like if you had, if you had put, you know, Dolph Lundgren, in this lead role, it would have been a phenomenal movie because he's, he's also a tall guy mm-hmm. and, 
if he had had that towel off, dude, you would have seen that big oh, Swedish you. sausage hanging down. Oh, wow. Yeah. You, you really are, uh, okay. You, you're getting to know the members of the uh, cruise missiles or want to. The member, of course. Of course. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I think that that's the only thing missing. But, yeah, a very fun movie. I'm glad I watched it. The missing was Dolph Lundgren's cock. Yes. Otherwise, yeah. Yeah, I, I put this in the, in the same category as, like, Eye of the Tiger. Yeah. It's one of those, like, you know, it's really good. It's really, yeah. uh, it's definitely an action movie. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. Right. It just, because, you know, Gary Busey isn't necessarily the guy you're thinking of when you think of action hero. Much right. better villain, I would say. Um, you know, it's just, it's there, but it's, you know, if you've slept on this one, I would suggest you check it out if you are an action movie fanatic. And you probably are if you're listening to this show, especially this far into the show. Yeah. And you know what would be good is if if this movie had somehow tied into Christmas, you know, oh. all, all the shops are full of merchandise because it's Christmas, too. Mm-hmm. So we're stealing shit left and right. That would have made more sense. And you would have made this a Christmas action movie and it would have had longer lasting power, I think, because of it. Because, you know, every year, if anything that has Christmas and, you know, in it whatsoever, people are going to watch it. Absolutely. So I think if this had been at Christmas time could have been even bigger i agree with you i agree well there it is the taking of beverly hills and we are going to take our last commercial break and then we'll be back to wrap things up here on the bulletproof podcast chris the brain and chad cruz back with you here on the bulletproof podcast and as we do all the time chad we want to encourage people to check out bulletproofaction.com as we record this again, or as this airs, I should say, uh, tomorrow is Thanksgiving, and we are going to be celebrating the music of Rocky. Oh, yeah. What a wonderful series. A series that's given us so much, and it continues to give to us with the uh, the Creed films. Uh, even though Sylvester Stallone is no longer involved in them, they're still wonderful. And one thing that the movies, uh, besides excellent boxing action, they've always had fantastic music. So we are going to be doing a dive into some of our favorite music, some of our favorite songs from the Rocky series. It's absolutely, and it's hard, hard to narrow them down. Hard to narrow them down because there's so many good ones. Counting them down, a, a couple of uh, ghosts from Christmas Past are going to be uh, involved in that uh, little countdown tomorrow. That's exciting. So uh, check that out, bulletproofaction.com. I'm going to be covering some Sunny Chiba action before That's the month is over. And I'm very excited because Violent Night is coming out on December the 2nd. So definitely going to be checking that one out. So early December, look for that review. Uh, that one looks like a fun one, Chad Cruz. I think so too. And, and you know, it's good to see that these holiday movies are are kind of coming out. And and I, I've looked at the, the slate of films uh, coming onto Netflix for December and the new troll movie looks really fun. Have you mm, seen that one? I have not. It's a, you know, I don't know, Norwegian or something film. Typical, I don't know. Typical but, troll place. But very, very cool looking, you know, ancient troll awakens and annihilates some towns. So, so it's that's, good. That's Netflix original. Be, I think it's coming out maybe December 2nd or December 1st. So okay. looks so really gonna good. A, it's going to be a Chad Cruz coverage. 100%. Yes. And I know, uh, Ryan Campbell's planning on a little Avatar action uh, later in December. 
and we'll, and I know I've got something special cooked up for Christmas weekend. Oh man, I hope it's a turkey. I love turkey. Well, it could be, but uh, we'll see. So that yeah. is coming up, bulletproofaction.com again. And join us again here. Uh, I've got two ideas, two thoughts about what we might do next time. We have to, I kind of got to let some things play out before I decide what okay. we can do. Uh, but again, and next time we will have more information, more details on our appearance on the third annual Geekscape live stream, Tecular supporting uh, big brothers and big sisters. So stay mm-hmm. tuned for that. Uh, any, anything else you want to add before we uh, go home, Chad? I'm excited for the next episode. And, and I, I, I want to go ahead and announce it after, you know, an hour of doing this podcast, I think that we're going to be doing some, uh, some, some maybe some T-shirt giveaways. Oh, Christmas time! So we'll, we'll uh, you and I, will connect here and see how we want to do that. And uh, Chad Cruz needs to clear out room. I think I got some space to make. You know, yeah. so kids are getting a lot of toys this year. The kids get a lot of toys. I'm a big toy buyer. Yeah, me too. I got a lot of my pre-orders in this week. Yeah, I can't so wait that, to see what you got me. Oh, uh, I, I got a. It's on back order. Uh, supply chain issues all right (laughs) all right guys thank you as always and again i hope everybody enjoys their thanksgiving weekend if you are in fact celebrating thanksgiving it's a good one to celebrate because you all you do is eat yeah eat football beer yeah and and if you can't some action movies wonderful they're they're good the whole year round like the jelly of the month club all right guys that's it thank you chad cruz Thank you, everyone, for listening. And as always, stay tuned for more of the Bulletproof Podcast. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 